circle, yes, we rotate. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high. Welcome to Full Circle, a show produced, hosted, and engineered by Apprentice from KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight, we have a fantastic show for you. The show is dedicated to Oscar Lopez Rivera, the Puerto Rican political prisoner who spent 36 years in prison, and his sentence was commuted this last January by President Obama. On tonight's show, we'll listen to excerpts from Oscar's first public appearance in the Bay Area, recorded at the Welcome to the Oscar Bay event, Bay Area event this past Wednesday, an interview with the son of parliamentarian Palestinian political prisoner Marwan Barghouti, and hear all about the dark truth of the Puerto Rican parade with an excerpt by Nelson Dennis and a commentary on the recent scandal. All that and more tonight on Full Circle. We're your host, I'm Sylvia Torres. My name is Vilma V, and for the very first time on Full Circle... I am Laura Chegaray. Yes. yes, welcome to Full Circle. Keep, Keep it locked. to Full Circle. Tonight we're dedicating our program to Oscar Lopez Rivera. But who is Oscar Lopez Rivera? Oscar is a Puerto Rican political prisoner who spent 36 years in prison, 36 long years in prison for advocating the independence and self-determination of the Puerto Rican nation. And those of, of those 36 years, 12 was in solitary confinement. Just imagine what it's that. And, you know, to understand what was going on during the time of that Oscar Lopez was free, we really need to take a look at the historical context of Puerto Rico and the Puerto Ricans in New York. At the time, at the time of the U.S. invasion of Puerto Rico in 1898, the island had been under colonial regiment of the Spain for 400 years. Yeah, so it's... To help us expand on Puerto Rico's past and its people, we're gonna dedicate. We're gonna hear a poem in our very first segment by Susan Praver Perez. Susana is the co-founder of La Tertulia Boricua, a monthly cultural salon dedicated to promoting and preserving the Puerto Rican culture. She's also a poet, and here she sh shares with us a poem that expresses her feeling about what was happening in Puerto Rico. What is happening, actually, in Puerto Rico right now? Let's take a listen. Commentary on the $72 billion debt, or a short history of the exploitation of Puerto Rico. Your beauty was your downfall. Men with beards and arms enamored by your riches wanted you for themselves. 
slew Tainos suckling at your breast, swapped brown bodies with black ones ripped from Yoruba lands, spew seed across your fertile belly, raise cane and mulatos. More men came with blue eyes and legalese protesting your rape. In your relief, you fell for tricks. They pimped you piously, got rich as you scavenged for scraps, begged for abisuelas while they hawked you to the highest bidder. And as you stand there, beautiful cheeks sunken with hunger, skirts dirty and shredded like palm fronds, they dare to tell you, it's your own damn fault. Welcome back to Full Circle. Thank you for keeping your dial on 94.1 FM KPFA. The voice you just heard was Susana Preber Perez reciting her own poem dedicated to Puerto Rico. What a powerful simile that recounts in very few words the Puerto Rican history of plunder and exploitation. And as we mentioned earlier, this past Wednesday, former political prisoner Oscar Lopez Rivera was welcomed to the Bay Area. In our next segment, we will listen to Jose Lopez Rivera, the brother of Oscar, in his address to the audience recorded at the Welcome Oscar Lopez to the Bay Area event. Last Wednesday at the First Presbyterian Church in Berkeley. Let's listen to what he has to say. Today, I came to celebrate with all of you more than 40 years of struggle in the Bay Area around Puerto Rican political prisoners in Puerto Rico. And I say this because Prairie Fire started a tradition in this area of articulating a vision about whiteness and white skin privilege and challenge the entire left in this country to think about racism and colonialism as two faces of the same coin. And so for them, national liberation became a major task to deal with colonialism. A few months ago, Diana Black was in Chicago presenting her book. And yes, Diana. (laughs) And Diana, someone asked her, how did you get involved in this Puerto Rican movement all the way in San Francisco? And Diana responded by saying, I was part of a movement that created a rich tradition of solidarity. And I come here tonight to express to you my gratitude, my deepest gratitude for that tradition of solidarity. And that's what we come to celebrate here tonight. Oscar came to Chicago on May 18th, and we welcome him celebrating 50 years of his legacy 
in that city of community building. And he was welcomed to La Casita de Don Pedro, which Lolita Lebron honored and dignified with her presence when we dedicated it 20 years ago. And he was met by an honor guard of 89 students who were graduating from Pedro Albizu Campos High School, which Oscar and I and a group of other, including some of the ex-political prisoners, helped to create 45 years ago. And 89 of them gave him an honor guard, welcome him to Chicago, a school that we started with 12 students in 1972. 45 years of that school this year. I could speak to a lot of those, but I've been warned that I have to be very brief, and I am. And I'm gonna be so brief that I want to invoke here tonight the presence of Ferd Egan and David Stern, two incredible human beings who were part of a movement of liberation for human sexuality, who struggled and gave dignity to those who were living with AIDS. And in Chicago, Ferd Egan helped to create Vida Sida, which this year is celebrating its 39th year of, 29th year of existence. And so I invoke their memory here tonight. I want to just say, there's a wonderful poem that most of you know from Bertolt Brecht. And there are men, he says, and obviously women, who struggle for a day and they are good. There are men who struggle and women for a year and they are better. There are men and women who struggle many years and they're better still but there are those who struggle all their lives. These are the indispensable ones. All of you here, all of you have struggled so much. And particularly, I want to acknowledge the presence here of my family. I just want to tell you that you must continue the struggle. You must never cease to struggle. You must never give up. You must always keep your eyes on the prize. And there were many who told us that the nationalists were not going to come out. There were many who told us that William Morales would not be free. There were many people who told us generations of Puerto Rican political prisoners were not going to be free. There were many who struggled and gave up in the way to free my brother Oscar Lopez Rivera and he is free with you here tonight. We were able to build a movement that included everyone. We did what could appear to be the impossible and we made it possible, and all of you made it possible. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. You're just tuning in. That was Jose Lopez, brother of Jose um, Oscar Lopez Rivera. We are dedicating our show to Oscar Lopez Rivera tonight. Yeah, it was so exciting to see Oscar with his brother, Jose Lopez Rivera, who you just heard. His daughter, Clarissa, and his granddaughter, Karina, were also there. There was so much wonderful energy in the room. There were lawyers from the National Lawyers Guild. There was elected officials. There were political prisoner, former political prisoners and all their supporters. It was very special. It was incredible. The energy level was off the roof. It was just, like, incredible. And I think that his message was so powerful. He's talk about being the indispensable, the continuing people. the struggle, not only one day, but another day and another day until you reach your goal. Like he said, let's keep the eyes on the prize and continue the struggle until we reach our goals. Yeah, I, and also what was very nice was that the event, it was a fundraiser for Oscar. So if you were unable to attend or would like to continue to support him, there's a GoFundMe page so people can still look at that. Um, I thought the music was really exciting and the Genepas who performed and John Santos and Ray Rico Pavon, it was just so heartfelt. Well, you know, I heard a phrase and they said, the Kenepa stole Oscar's heart. <laughs> you know, he was so entertained and so moved by the young kids that are promoting the culture and are, are continuing that legacy of promoting the Puerto Rican culture, even though we're far away from the island. You know, I'm thinking that the Kenepas won the Oscar this time. <laughs> <laughs> and I love what you said, Sylvia, about the culture and the resistance, because I know you're part of Tertulia Boricua, which Susana was also a part who we read the poem. And you have these monthly events that also bring together culture and people. There's ongoing. I love the way Frankie said, um, who was one of the MCs, that people think there aren't Puerto Ricans in the Bay Area. There's tons of us. It's just you have to find us because we don't have a block like in Chicago or a whole area like in New York. But we're around, right? Yes. Estamos aquí. Yes. Presente. And, you know, it's very, very interesting because when I moved to the Bay Area, there was this woman who was doing an F ethnic study about the Puerto Ricans and she found out that at one point there was a ship that was coming was going to Hawaii and brought this group of people mainly men and they docked in San Francisco and they never left mm -hmm. they are still in the Bay Area and they but they're like we say it's not identified as a community as a area But we're around here. And last night, on Wednesday night, we had a big celebration. And I think it's going to continue. I mean, we're going to hear more about what's going on later in the show with the parade, the annual Puerto Rican parade. Um, but we were very happy for Oscar to be home, and it was a wonderful evening. Well, you know, and one of the very important things about Oscar is that he has ignited, again, that desire to continue the struggle and continue marching the streets and making our opinion be heard. Um So, um, solidarity also was a recurrent um, theme. topic, mm -hmm. theme during the event. And Oscar, Oscar and Jose talk about the importance of working with other groups so we can also reach our goals. So, on May 25th, I went to an event. It was a community event and a demonstration in front of the um, Palestinian consulate. And... Uh, It was in support of the 1,500 Palestinian political prisoners that were on strike 
at that time. And I had the opportunity to speak with Arbag Bargotti, Bargotti, son of the par parliamentarian Palestinian political prisoner Marwan Bargotti. And let's take a listen to see what he has to say about the importance of solidarity. My name is uh, Arab Marwan Barghouti. I'm the youngest son of the Palestinian political leader Marwan Barghouti. First of all, oppression is oppression everywhere. Injustice is injustice everywhere. And we fight against injustice and oppression not only in Palestine but everywhere else. And that, of course, includes Puerto Rico. For me, uh, living in oppression, I lived on uh, valuing icons such as Nelson Mandela, who said that uh, we all know clearly that our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of the Palestinians. Someone like uh, um, Dr. Martin Luther King, who said that uh, injustice anywhere is a threat for, in for justice everywhere. This tells you that we Palestinians value the people that are being uh, oppressed. We fight with them, we feel with them, and we're at the same page with them. Now, for me, I, uh, uh, my father has been in prison for 15 years, and we're talking about a political prisoner who is uh, supported and backed and uh, uh, recognized nationally and internationally, supported by icons like Nelson Mandela himself, who, uh, before he passed away, said uh, that the release of Marwan Barghouti is necessary. The same with the former U.S. President, uh, Jimmy Carter. The same with uh, Angela Davis. A lot of icons. He's nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. So we're talking about someone who is well-recognized internationally. And he's a parliament member of the Palestinian parliament. And he's illegally held in Israeli jails. Now, for me personally, I look at it from a different perspective. At, at the end of the day, he's my father. And um, I haven't been able to see him in two years. They just don't give me permission to go see him, except maybe once every two years. I haven't been able to shake my father's hands in 15 years. This tells you the whole story. This tells you why the hunger strike is going on right now. So um, my father was uh, arrested in 2002, April 2002, uh, for his role in leading the second intifada in Palestine. What happened is that the Palestinian people couldn't take it anymore, the injustice, more settlements in our land, more stealing of our land, demolishing houses, more discrimination against uh, Palestinians in Israel, um, the, turning Gaza into the biggest uh, uh, prison on earth. Uh, so the Palestinian people started the Intifada, we call it, and my father was, as a, a, a parliament member, was doing his job of representing the people. Of course, they took him, they arrested him, and they killed uh, a lot of leaders of the Intifada. And after they arrested him, they uh, convicted him with terrorism, which is something easy for the Israeli court, because this court is part of the occupation. It's not like an independent party. Like, they... they uh, um, Uh, just apply the injustice of the Israeli government by its courts. This court has a, a, a conviction uh, a rate of that ranges between 90 and 99.7%. So all Palestinians are terrorists in their eyes. So my father, of course, denied the charges, denied to deal with the trial, and uh, they, they have been holding him for uh, 15 years now, illegally. I, I should mention here that Everyone should know that Nelson Mandela was once labeled as a terrorist and we all know what Nelson Mandela is and I think my father is going to be free and he deserves to be called the Palestinian Mandela. I have one message which is humanity. 
we're asking humanity for justice. All the oppressed people have in common one thing, that we are at the right side of history, the side of the oppressed rather than the oppressor, the occupied rather than the occupier. And this applies on all the oppressed people around the world. Um, I want everyone to unite uh, for humanity, for justice, as I said, not only for Palestinians, but for every human being on earth. My father said that human rights are not things given. These are rights for every human being, and Palestinians are not an exception for this. And I think no one on earth and no human being on earth is an exception for their very best human rights, and it really disappoints me that in 2017 we ha we still have to talk about this and we have 1500 Palestinian political prisoners for the 40th day on an open-ended hunger strike asking for their very basic human rights. Welcome back to Full Circle. If you're just tuning in, we were just listening to Arbat uh, Bargotti, son of the Palestinian political prisoner Marwan Bargotti, and since we, I conducted that interview, the hunger strike has ended. And um, the, the strike came about after an agreement was between, reached between the Palestinian Authority and Israel. And the Red Cross over prisoners' demand regarding invitational rights and other demands. Yeah, so you, as you heard that he considered his father the Palestinian Mandela, and it's interesting because Oscar Lopez Rivera was also considered a Mandela figure for us in Puerto Rico and in Latin America as well. And I think that is a good way to compare, or not compare, but to really highlight the fact that there are many struggles and who is a hero to you or someone else can be very political and I mean it kind of previews the stuff that we'll be talking later about the Puerto Rican parade and some of the controversy with Oscar being named the Grand Marshal of that parade. Yes, something else that I found very interesting is when he mentioned that uh, Palestine it's like uh, the biggest prison there is. Open air because, prison, yes. Yes, because all these borders and um, in the case of Puerto Rico, our borders are the ocean who keeps us there in the island with um, very little opportunities to have commerce with other countries Have because we don't have neighbors. We're just confined to the island and we're at the mercy of whatever the United States allow us to do. Yeah, the geography being a big part of both Limiting. the... Uh, Israel and Palestine conflict. And yeah, it's a good point. So also, but we are celebrating the fact that the prisoner demands were met and they did have a successful end to that hunger strike that uh, engaged 1,600 prisoners, but it ended just in time for Ramadan. But I think up next, we're going to take a musical break and we're going to play some music recorded after the event. And then we're going to listen to some more. We're going to talk more about the dark truth of the Puerto Rican parade. And don't go away at all because we are planning to air some of the remarks by Oscar Lopez Rivera himself. But for now, let's take a musical break with John Santos and some of the music from last night, from Wednesday night. <laughs>
Yes, and that was the Enepas. I had earlier had said John Santos, but it's actually, we're playing music from the event on Wednesday night, and that is Guinepas. They're a youth bomba group, and that was their song, Bambulae. So now we are going to continue our conversation about the dark truth of the Puerto Rican parade. And if you've read or are familiar with the author Nelson De- Dennis, he wrote The War Against All Puerto Ricans. So we're going to hear his take about the dark truth of the Puerto Rican parade right now. The Puerto Rican Day Parade has a dark secret. It has nothing to do with celebrities, rich corporations, or sleek politicians. It is a deep secret from the heart and history of Puerto Rico, which explains the whole parade. Seventy years ago, the Puerto Ricans in New York were living under deplorable conditions. Yet, in 1958, some brave Puricuas dared to hold a humble parade where they could march with pride, arm in arm, to the heart of Manhattan. Mothers clapped their hands to the bombas and plenas of their childhood. Fathers schooled their children, explaining the floats dedicated to Puerto Rican towns known for sugar cane, tobacco, coffee, pineapples, and plantains. The Puerto Rican parade spread rapidly. By 1966, the parade was already a must-do even for politicians and celebrities. Today, the parade is a celebrity show with 2 million spectators, 100,000 marchers, and a stampede of corporate sponsors. But even as the parade has become one of the nation's largest outdoor celebrations, there is a secret that few people suspect. A secret that reaches into the heart of every Puerto Rican. It is the secret of the Puerto Rican flag, and this is no coincidence. There is a deep reason for this emotional attachment. There is a reason why Que Bonita Bandera song brings tears to our eyes, and sometimes we don't even know why. It is because this flag represents an ideal, the ideal of lost youth and forgotten illusions, just like last night dreams or tomorrow's TV advertisement. But there's one more reason why this flag is the emotional heart of the parade. It is the secret which explains everything. We adore our flag because for many years, any Puerto Rican who owned one will go to jail for 10 years. Since the invasion of Puerto Rico in 1898, the United States wanted only one flag in Puerto Rico, the American flag. Pedro Arbizu Campos refused to salute this flag. In order to crush Don Pedro and the nationalist movement, a law was passed in 1948, right after Don Pedro got out of jail. It was called Public Law 53, also known as La Ley de la Mortaza, the gag law. Law 53 made it a felony to sing a song, whistle a tune, or utter one word against the U.S. government or in favor of Puerto Rican independence. This included singing La Borinqueña or owing a Puerto Rican flag. Own a flag, 10 years in jail. Every day, the FBI and the Insular Police raided people's homes, searched for flags, and hauled Puerto Ricans off to jail. They did it all over the island. In November 1950, they arrested 3,000 Puerto Ricans 
within two weeks. In many cases, the flag all by itself was the sole piece of evidence. Own a flag, 10 years in jail. The GAC law violated the U.S. Constitution, but it took nine years to repeal it in 1957. The very next year, in 1958, the first Puerto Rican Day Parade was held in New York City. The Puerto Rican flags and celebration were everywhere. The passion was astonishing. New York had never seen anything like it. The Puerto Rican Day Parade exploded into New York City with the emotion and power of an entire people that had finally found a voice for one day on Fifth Avenue. The politicians couldn't explain it, but they did know one thing, that they better get in front of this parade and yell, Que viva Puerto Rico! That much they did understand. The deep secret of the Puerto Rican Day Parade is this. The parade was born in the hearts of an entire nation, where everyone was declared a criminal if they dared to show their flag. And now, for one beautiful day, throughout the heart of New York, we show that flag to the world. Let them throw a financial control board at us. Let the U.S. Supreme Court call us a territorial possession. We all know what is in our hearts and in our memory. We will never give up our island. And that is why we will win. Que viva Puerto Rico. Que bonita bandera, que bonita bandera. Que bonita bandera es la bandera puertorriqueña. That piece was very interesting. I found it very interesting because it deals with a very controversial issue that we're dealing with right now, and it's the Puerto Rican Day Parade. The Puerto Rican Day Parade was started by a group of Puerto Ricans for other Puerto Ricans and for the world to be to come in contact with the Puerto Rican culture through its music, through its dances, and the food. And but as time went by, corporate businesses started investing in the in the um, parade. Another um, goal of the parade was to raise money for scholarships. So um, Dennis, in his piece, gave us a little bit of background of how the parade originated. And it goes into saying that um, in the 1958, there was a law that was passed. It was the gag law where anybody that would own a Puerto Rican flag was put in jail. Right. That's the history. And yes. They were put it. They, they will be in jail for 10 years. So um, he talks about how important, how meaningful is the, is the flag for us, because it's an, a, a, an example of how we express our resistance our language and our flag that for many years the United States have tried to take it away from us and that we have gone to battle in the court of law to preserve our language and to preserve our flag. Yeah, it's very much a symbol. That's why it's kind of a, a joke sometimes that a, every Puerto Rican has a flag in their house, and that's how you can tell. But that's because for many years, it literally was something that could send you to jail, and it was a very powerful statement. So this whole thing about when you go to a parade, a Puerto Rican parade, you see all the flags, and people think it's too much sometimes. But if you know the history, you can see why it's such an act of resistance, right? Did you have yes. something to add, Laura? 
No, Laura? I was just gonna thinking that um, the flag is is our identity pretty much. You know, if you don't have a flag, I, I'm wearing a flag right now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave. Never leave home without it. <laughs> There you go. As yes. a true Puerto Ricanian. So why don't we turn to one of the highlights for our hour, which is we are going to play some of the experts of the speech that Oscar Lopez Rivera himself gave on what last Wednesday at his welcome to the Bay Area. So let's take a listen to some of that uh, great uh, little excerpt of that talk he gave. Que viva Puerto Rico libre. I hope that I have enough words to express to each and every one of you my gratitude, heartfelt gratitude, with deep, deep and profound love to each and every one of you, the beautiful children that we have here tonight can make a world move. They can make us, all of us, move. The younger people can make us and make the world move. Those a little bit older can make the world move. And those who are my age, of course, we can also make the world move. It is a fascinating moment. It's an extraordinary moment. It is a precious moment where we can bring people together just to support our just and noble cause. When I hear the shouting, I wish at that particular moment that the rest of the world would hear the shouting because it is a shouting that expresses love And we need, we need in this world a lot of love. We need it to make it a better and more just world. We need it to get all political prisoners out of prison. We need it to deny those who try to deny us, to destroy us, the opportunity to see what we stand for, what we are made out of, and what we can do. I spent quite a few years behind bars. I know how dehumanizing prison can be. I know how painful it is for the family whose son, daughter, brother, sister are in prison for their political beliefs. There is something happening in New York City. The Puerto Rican parade has been a very stimulating, a very stimulating, a very, very positive, a very dignifying entity. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, a few corporations have decided to tell that committee that is handling the Puerto Rican parade for this year, the same committee that 
celebrated the parade last year, is trying to tell it that they have to do what corporations want them to do. They want to tell them that colonialism, that colonialism is great. They want to tell them that we don't have, they don't have, we don't have the power and the strength and the love to make, to make whatever we celebrate, whatever we celebrate from those kids who are kenepas to the brothers who are playing the music to every single one, every single one of you, to tell, tell us what to do, to tell us what to defend, to tell us what to fight for. But we, we I think, have chosen a path we have chosen just and noble causes. We have chosen, we have chosen to pay whatever price needs to be paid, whether it is the time that we're spending here tonight, whether it is to teach our children to love, to be proud of who they are, to share with those of us who have been far, far removed from the experiences of family, the experiences of community, the experiences of feeling our own humanity, feeling the threats, the threat of having our spirit destroyed. But we have, we have one thing, we have dignity, we have honor. We have, we have the power within us to overcome whatever comes our way. We have it, we can discover it, and we are discovering it right here, right here, how productive we can be when we want to be, how much we can achieve. We cannot allow corporations to bribe us with money, to bribe us with their power. No. We, we can, can celebrate the Puerto Rican Day Parade. We can Make sure that it will be a great, great, great parade. That the Puerto Rican flag will be waved all over, all over Fifth Avenue, all over, all over New York, all over wherever we are. That we can do it, that we can do it. We can show them that we, we will not, we will not surrender to those who have the power to do the things that they want to do. We will not allow the colonialists in Puerto Rico to tell the Puerto Rican people the lies that they tell them, 
to tell the lies, to tell the lies to the people who are in the diaspora, to tell the people who support us what to do. This is a moment, this is a very special moment because I believe that all Puerto Ricans who love Puerto Rico will come together and we will be united in a big tent and we will, we will not allow anyone, anyone to dictate to us what to do. We will decolonize Puerto Rico. Diaspora, diaspora Puerto Ricans, but also, also freedom and justice loving people in this country, in all countries of the world. Just like, if, just like it has happened with the campaign in support of my excarceration. From the Pope all the way down to anyone else who loves freedom and justice and believe in just and noble causes will make it possible for Puerto Rico to be decolonized. We want a Puerto Rico where not only Puerto Ricans will enjoy it, we want a Puerto Rico that will be the Edenic Garden of the Caribbean, where everyone who loves freedom and justice will be welcome. It will be their paradise, it will be their Edenic garden. We will, we will struggle. I come from a belief of Don Juan Antonio Correjer, our national poet, who would tell us, la vida es lucha toda. Life is all a struggle. We struggle to live, we struggle to make this not only a small archipelago in the Caribbean, but also to make this a better and more just world. All we need, all we need is to continue working, continue working on those things that are important to celebrate life, to celebrate the most precious things that we have, which is purpose and meaning to take, to take generation after generation into the future, a future that is dignified, a future that will definitely, definitely make us better human beings. We have the potential of being the best, the best in the world. We have the examples and we have the power to do so. All we need is the strength to go forward. All we need is the commitment to go forward. All we need is to believe that if we work, 
our work will be fruitful. Work produces, produces victories. It has been the work that all of you have done. They have made, made it possible for me to be here. I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I thank you because for the first time in my life, I have been able to live with my daughter. I have been able to enjoy my, my granddaughter. I have been able to enjoy my family. I have been able to enjoy friends, comrades, compañeros, compañeras. And I have been able to also enjoy a little bit of the ocean in Puerto Rico, a little bit of the trees in Puerto Rico. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. That was the voice of Oscar Lopez Rivera, the recently freed political prisoner, um, from a talk that he gave at his Welcome to Oscar event on Wednesday, May 31st. What a speech. What a wonderful energy. 36 years in prison, and he was not unshaken by then. He came even stronger. He was such a great model for all of us. So now we're going to, we have a special guest who just walked into the cabina. So we have one more piece and then we're going to focus on our very special guest. So let's hear a commentary from our own Laura Echegaray for the, for the corporate American boycott of the Puerto Rican parade. Let's take a listen to that now. Boycott of the 2017 New York Puerto Rican Day Parade. One more episode of a continuing strategy to divide and conquer movement. On Sunday, June 11, hundreds of thousands of my fellow Puerto Ricans and New Yorkers will come together along Fifth Avenue to celebrate our shared heritage in the 60th Annual National Puerto Rican Day Parade. The Grand Marshal of the parade will be Oscar Lopez Rivera. His recent pardon got unprecedented support across political and religious affiliation. Respectful organizations like the United Nations Decolonization Committee, many Nobel Peace Prize laureates, President Jimmy Carter, and even Pope Francis backed his release. But none of that has any way to New York's police commissioner, James O'Neill. He said Oscar Lopez is a terrorist? And longtime sponsors of the parade, like Goya, AT&T, Corona Beer, and Coca-Cola, all blindly joined his boycott. A terrorist? Where have I heard that before? Let's take a look at the source of this narrative. Now, let me tell you why I am not surprised. First, Oscar was never accused or convicted of hurting anyone. Not even in Vietnam, where he was a hero. He has a Bronze Star Medal to prove it. Oscar is a self-declared prisoner of war, that is, the war of the U.S. government against Puerto Rico's right to sovereignty. His prosecutors' attempt to prove his ties to bombings and other violent acts failed, so he was convicted of seditious conspiracy. The same charge Nelson Mandela was jailed for. His release comes at a time of dire crisis in Puerto Rico. The island's government is trying to declare bankruptcy due to the unpayable 72 billion fiscal debt. Puerto Rico faces mass school and hospital closures, the exodus of doctors and hundreds of thousands of the desperately unemployed. As of today, more Puerto Ricans live outside of the island than on it. 
Once in the diaspora, they experience a contrasting reality to their homeland socio-political and economic inequality and start to join the push for change. This is not the first time we've seen this situation, and of course, this is not the last time we will see the USA government and its agencies react this way. Dating back to the 1930s, the FBI has been disrupting and neutralizing the Puerto Rican independence movement. For decades, Puerto Rico police force watched, tracked, and documented the lives of islanders sympathetic to the cause. In 2015, authorities began releasing the last 4,000 surveillance files compiled between 1948 and 1986 in what constituted one of the most scandalous cases of government repression ever seen in the U.S. jurisdiction. I lived in Puerto Rico since 1962, and I can attest to how police harassed and kept files on my father and any other regular citizen that dared to get involved in political dissension. My father was accused of being a communist, was fired from his government job, and had to endure repeated burglaries and vandalism to his business. This followed me into college life and eventually became the reason I could not get hired for any kind of government job. So, of course, I am not surprised they tarnished the reputation of a man whose most terrifying sin is to urge us to end colonialism in Puerto Rico and all of the many other violently invaded, politically raped, and economically strangled nations around the world. More and more Puerto Ricans and allies are joining the cry for justice and freedom everywhere. Shall we keep an eye for the next episode of Divide and Conquer? Welcome back to Full Circle. That was Laura Echegaray with a comment on the Puerto Rican Day Parade, a parade that was started by Puerto Ricans. To display our pride and joy of being Puerto Rican, a way to present our own narrative to the world through our dance, music, and culture. It was never intended to be a promotion of corporation, corporate money-making agenda. On our next segment, we have a very special guest. We have our own Abacha. Um, Live Abacha. in the studio, right here right with us. Right here with us, yes. Hola, Welcome, Abacha. Abacha. Aquí estoy, música fuerte y loca, vieja pero picosa. Muy bien, muy bien dicho. Um, Abacha had the, um, the opportunity to meet Jose when she was in Chicago, and she was saying that she used to go there every year with Piri Tomas. Yeah. Piri, so, can you tell us a little bit more about that, Abacha? Piri Tomas and I used to go every year. We'd go and teach there at Roberto Clemente, Abiso Campos, and there's several other schools there. Um, and for a month or sometimes two months, and it was wonderful. And I could hang out with Jose, and Jose's sister had this wonderful little restaurant on the, on the Avenida, and, you know, it was, it was a good thing. Yeah, well, Abacha wrote a poem dedicated to Oscar. Abacha, are you ready to... Oh, yeah. Let us hear that wonderful poem. Okay, it's not just for Oscar, it's for some other people. Uh, Alejandrina Torres, Lene Peltier, Mamia Abu Jamal, and uh, Oscar Lopez Rivera. It's called Voces Sin Fronteras. Alejandrina, Leonard, Mumia y Oscar. Espíritu libre, Libres, Pero en Casa Helados. 
enjaulas endiabladas, sus voces ay, Dios mío, optimistas me llamen como cimarrones de hoy, cantando mi nombre cada día, cada noche, me llaman. Y cuando la vida me cae mal y se me esconde, la esperanza me encuentro pensando en ti, tu voz inolvidable en ti, tu sonrisa como un nuevo amanecer, tu presencia poderosa, tu ser indestructible, una creencia eterna y visionaria, libre y llena de amor, amores y marrones optimistas. A pesar de una realidad irreal y emborrachada de tu poder, tu poder y el sabor de tu sacrificio, tomo el ejemplo de tu dignidad irrompible, tu ser, una comida de fe indestructible, vitaminas culturales sin paredes que me dan fuerza, fuerza de continuar, y aunque la justicia se me escapa, respiraré tu ejemplo, sin duda ni pensar, ni pensar de regresar, y contigo en el alma, ando siempre pa'lante y pa'lante con el sabor a libertar en los huesos. Thank you, Abacha. Muchas gracias, Abacha. Yo quiero alimentarme con esa comida también de fe. Sí. <laughs> Me hace falta un poquito. Muchas gracias. Um, Abacha, for those listeners who don't speak Spanish, can you give us like a little synopsis of what Well, the reason that it, it's not translated because I haven't been able to translate it poetically yet. Eventually it'll happen. But it's called uh, uh, it's Borderless Voices. And... It's because what they did to Oscar and Alejandrina and what they're doing to Leonard and Mumia is something horrible. And they never let those cages, those cages stop their voices. They never, they never broke. And there's something very powerful about their, their, their will to, will to maintain their humanity. Oscar, if you folks had have been there this weekend, this weekend, this man has been through hell and he's still a beautiful beautiful, gentle, loving, unbelievably wonderful human being. I don't know that I could have made it. And that's what they wanted to do was break him, I'm sure. They wanted to break Alejandrina. They're trying to break Lena Peltier. They're trying to break Mumia mm -hmm. and turn them into monsters. The reality is is that there's something beautiful about this. That's why I call it uh, vitamina culturales. They have this, there's something about them. I don't know the cultural vitamins or what their mama or their daddy was feeding them. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's something unbelievably strong about them that they've managed that's what this poem is about that they've managed to they've managed to survive this and Cimarron is like a runaway slave or someone who's reverted back to freedom and so talking about them being able to run away from this captivity and still maintain their humanity yeah I really like the line aunque la justicia nos escapa I mean that is one of the how we continue to luchar and continue to resist you know even if we can't quite grab justice but we are We, we continue. Yes. Palante. Yes. And continue with Oscar, continue with uh, Puerto Rico and the history and moving forward and into the future. The yes. thing is, libertad no es un destino, es el camino que andamos. Yes, mm -hmm. es un proceso, un camino. Bien, bien dicho. Muy bien dicho, sí. Sí, no, definitivamente. Uh, palabras sabias, palabras muy bien dichas. Uh, muchas gracias por compartirlas con nosotros. Thank you, Abacha, one more time. Wist, wor, words of wisdom, very well said. Um, and um, maybe we still have a time for the poem by Susana. 
Yes, why not? Why don't we try to put yes. that on yeah. in the last yeah. few minutes? It's a beautiful poem. It's, it's a beautiful poem. And what I like about the poem is it gives us a lot of hope. You know, sometimes when you struggle for something for so long, like the Puritan people have been struggling for, it seems like it's not, you know, it's not going to come. But this poem gives us a lot of hope. Una sola estrella. This is an acrostic poem with using the word Puerto Rico. And I wrote this as a hope or a prayer uh, for the island of Puerto Rico, which is suffering so much right now under colonialism. Una sola estrella. Precious island in some yet unnamed moment. External control will be relinquished and you will be free to embrace the full brilliance released from the indignity of colonialism's arrogant clutch. You, a pearl in a stony oyster, will glisten like a single star. Yes, sir. And that was a beautiful poem by Susana Preva Perez and with really hopeful words at the end. I also want to invite folks to a community treasures art show that's happening tomorrow because not only is this Laura's first time on Full Circle, she's also one of the featured artists. So you can go to, um, this is on 1720 MacArthur Boulevard in Oakland, June 3rd and 4th from 11 to 5 p.m. Ceramics, mixed media, painting, all kinds of nice stuff. And for more info, you can call 415-577-2213. Well, that brings us to the end of our tonight's show. Uh, tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. for the next episode. Also, be sure to visit our webpage at kpfaapprentice.org. There, you will find pictures, extended interviews, and links. And a very special thanks to all the folks that make the special welcoming us for Oscar a reality and a successful event. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Free Will and Franklin. Joy Moore is our production consultant. Thank you, Teresa, for holding it down on the board. And thank yes. you so much for joining Teresa. us tonight on Full Circle. I've been I've been one of your hosts, Vilma V. And I'm Silvia Torres. Y Laura Chegaray. Stay tuned. La Onda Bajita is next. <laughs>